Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. <clears throat> Mr. Jackson. You know, I rehearsed that for about I rehearsed that for about five minutes before you come on the call. Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. <laughs> Mr. Jackson. It's all in the inflection. How do you do it? it yeah. 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 You gotta be cool. You gotta be cool, but unique but cool. <laughs> this year. Well, welcome to Cloudlandia. As all Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Things moving. Things are lots of action on all fronts. <clears throat> what have you got? No, no, I uh you know, I kind of uh tried to find interesting thinkers, interesting uh speakers on various subjects and I've come across this um He's a um, lawyer, uh, he's a professor, and he's at Columbia University in New York City, uh, Tim Wu, W-U, and he's written some really, really interesting books, sort of history books, on um, the information technology, starting with telegraph in the 1840s and bringing it right up to the... Um, you know, to the 2020s. And uh, he he's established sort of a model of what happens when a new uh, communication technology or an information technology that kind of adds up to the same thing <clears throat> and says that um, it always starts off with some sort of, um, you know, tinkerer who creates something somebody who's pulling around with stuff in their garage or their basement and they create something and uh you know they try to make do with it and uh, they put out what they're doing and when it starts a lot of people catch on and for example he said in 1910 he moves uh, moves it up to telephone and he said you know in 1910 anybody who had about 10 neighbors who wanted to talk to each other could create a telephone system. They, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the technology was available. All you had to do was wire everybody's house. And, you know, it took a little bit of electricity to create a, you know, a system. And uh, so he said, you know, everybody was doing it. Clubs were doing it. Churches were doing it. Uh, towns were doing it uh, mm -hmm. in farm, farm country. But he said, um, people who have that experience, uh, uh, you know, really see the potential, but they they just become unhappier and unhappier with a small scale of what is being provided to them. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's unreliable, it's unpredictable. And people want the new capability, but they want it guaranteed, they want it big, and they want it to go forever. And he says that grows it into huge corporations, which eventually become monopolies. And he he's just mm -hmm. got this pattern, and he says it goes over and over and over again. And he said, we're um, <clears throat> right now with the internet, he says we're about halfway to the worst of the monopoly situation, according to his analysis. But it's very interesting, very interesting you know, and uh, he's very charming. If you ever see him, if you go to YouTube, he has a lot of YouTube. Oh, I love that. Okay. I love to have, like, you're, you're like me. I love to have great thinkers. Like, that's when I discovered, yeah. uh, you know, that's, I liked um, 
like Jordan Peterson when I first discovered yeah. him kind of. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's funny. You and I have kind of. I mean, of, this uh, is this is Cloudlandia where I can yeah. just talk about something and I say, just go to YouTube. There's right. you know, about 10, 10 of them right in a row at various places. But yeah. uh, our discussion group that I have in Toronto going on 20 years now, um, I send out one of his books. Um, yeah. or, or will be sent out on Monday. But what I try to do, because people are different, I'm a reader, you know, I like uh, information-packed books, I like historical books, but not everybody does. Uh, So what I do is I'll just give a um, a paragraph of why I think it's really worth, uh, you know, understanding this person and really uh, important to discuss his ideas. And then I send a really good, the best book review maybe about two page book review of the book. And then I send out a video of him. I said, if you just don't want to read it all, just watch and listen to the video for about 40 minutes. And that way everybody shows up feeling that they, uh, um, you know, that they're prepared. I used to love in your uh, global when you were there reminded of that, but that was a curated information before that was really uh, a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, we had uh, no really access. Uh, uh, I never got uh, very, very much feedback until the quarter when I decided not to do it anymore. And everybody said, well, I loved it. I, and I said, well, I never heard from you while I was doing it. So, uh, yeah. Um, you know, you're a little bit late. You're a little bit late. Right. You know? right. <laughs> and, uh, but nobody, you know, nobody really responded to it. They got it. And I don't know. I mean, I had no proof that people were reading it or listening. Right. Listening yeah. to it. So I, I said, you know, I'm I'm a ADD 10 quick start. You know, I got to have right. feedback. Or I go or I go crazy or I, I yeah. go off the reservation. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what I like is the going back, uh, you know, I, I really love history. I mean, I just oh, like knowing too. where things come from and, uh, you know, how things developed. And then I like having right next to me Google. You know, uh, I have the yeah. book. Usually I've been doing it on Kindle. I'm reading the book on Kindle. And then, uh-huh. uh, you know, I come across something. I said, I'd like to go a little bit deeper in that. And I just go to YouTube. And, uh, your you know, there might be. Yeah, there might be two or three, um, um, there might be two or three, you know, different YouTube things that, yes. you know, I mean, I go to Wikipedia and just get a, you know, a basic handle. Uh, uh, if it's not too controversial, Wikipedia is really good. If it's controversial, like it's got political right. implications, uh, then I find them only about 50% useful because they yeah. definitely favor one side over the other and uh yeah so but you have to filter that out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really it's um i started this week dan yesterday actually mostly to i was thinking about um something happened this week where i was having we're taking snapshots of time and it's really is interesting i have a friend who's because He's turning 36 this uh, 
week or turned 36. And then we were just thinking back that what was, that was 2002 for me. And I just moved into my house here in Valhalla and, um, you know, taking a snapshot of what was like going on in my life in 2002 and what was kind of going on in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the beginning when, you know, the internet was really starting to be something. Um, yeah, Google, just really, just Google really. yeah, Google, um, AdWords was just released the, um, you could buy keyword advertising. And I rode that wave mm-hmm. with, our with stop your divorce um and with our money making websites we were very early on both of those and so Mm -hmm. you have an advantage that we had a a good long period of time when we were kind of early into the uh early into the environment and of course you look at where it is now and it's almost um evolved unrecognizably you know i mean Mm -hmm. you could see how it would go but 2021 is a different uh a different core sample if we're taking the uh you know digital density of what is available um now i the, the context of what i was thinking this through yesterday was i had a really um interesting conversation to Thirty-six, and we were thinking about what, uh, looking back for two thousand two when I was. Uh, no, I got all that. I got all oh. that. You talked through. You talked through. You know the, you know, <clears throat> uh, everything you had words. done. But you were just about. Yep. You were just about to say something that had occurred to you. Oh, okay. In getting ready for better. this conversation. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. So that getting ready for our conversation, I thought yesterday about how when you take like snaps in time like that, about what if you and I were in charge of creating welcome gifts for new, you know, new citizens of Cloudlandia when you decide to make that migration into Cloudlandia. If you're coming from your new to it from history, it's just not back in. And I was overwhelmed by just the entry level advantages that you have with your citizenship in Cloudlandia. Starting with, you know, the entry level, of course, is your smartphone. You got your iPhone, you say. Your iPhone mm-hmm. is your passport to Cloudlandia. If you've mm-hmm. got the iPhone, you're in. Mm-hmm. Now, when you just think about what this opens up to you, you know, for f- no extra, I'm not going to say free because you've got the cost of the basic cost of citizenship in Cloudlandia is whatever your cost for the phone and your data plan, right? That mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. that, you've got 
the basic access to Cloudlandia. And when you start thinking about the hardware alone, it was amazing to me. Um, have you ever seen these um, ads, Dan, that they show like a Radio Shack ad from the 80s with or 90s with all of the um, electronics that are uh, for sale at Radio mm -hmm. Shack, like mm -hmm. a video camera or a regular camera or a um, tape recorder uh, and all of the things that are just built right in to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. That's just your, um, your toolkit that you get access yeah. to, right? As you're mm -hmm. navigating control to Cloudlandia. But then along mm -hmm. with it, every citizen gets a radio station. You get a TV network, if you want, station, network, whatever, free broadcasting of video, audio, publish as much text as you want, a free and instant direct contact with every other citizen of Cloudlandia with the push of a button, or you can gather them in groups by video or audio. And it's just, um, wow. You know, when you start to really like think it through, the advantages that everybody has to create whatever you want. I mean, it's just hard for me to even fathom kind of organizing the the thoughts around this, you know? Could you imagine if yeah. when people got off the Mayflower, like you compare the other big migration that we'll talk about is people coming to the brave new world here of America. Mm -hmm. And when they landed, first of all, you had to, you know, get on a ship that may or may not make it. And you mm -hmm. do a long journey to get here. But when you get off, nothing. I mean, it's pretty like, uh, it's overwhelming. Yeah, but, uh, here's the thing. About, uh, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, here, uh, I'll just introduce another thought here. Yeah. And that is, I think that you do really great in Cloudlandia. Yeah. Because you were also a focused, productive person in the mainland. Mm hmm In other words, uh, I, I know all the, you know, the endless tech technological capabilities, um, you know, that are available to me on my phone. But actually, I only use my phone uh, for two reasons, to talk to Dean Jackson. Yes. And to uh, access my happy device that... Uh, you know the, the, that uh, uh, you know yeah. the mood regular. The mood regular. I don't use my phone for anything else. I don't use my phone for anything else. I use my computer for an awful lot of things. You know? Right. Words, yes. I, I'm so I'm I uh, my my preference is actually ha having a much bigger screen and uh, your MacBook. And I'm yeah. used to the yeah, and I'm used to the computer. You know, I've, I've yeah. got thirty years thirty years under my belt. But yeah. what I'm really noticing is 
you know, um, that there's a lot of people who have all these digital uh, capabilities, okay? Yes. But you and I appreciate them more than people who were born since 1992. Yes. Uh, and that's the biggest thing I noticed because they don't know there's another, there's another way previously to doing things. Right. And, um, and uh, they actually didn't develop some thinking schools in the slow world. <laughs> right. They were born into the fast world where, you know, everything's fast. I mean, if everything's fast, then nothing's fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so it's really, it's really interesting. You and I are appreciating that because we had established capabilities and opportunities and had success um, before these tools were available to us. Mm-hmm. So I, I, they find, for example, uh, they do tests of teenagers with um, search engines. So they'll yeah. get 30, 30 teenagers with, uh, um, you know, they have, they have a, a a problem to solve or they, you know, they're, they have to find something. They have to accumulate information. Yes. And, and then they have an equal number of 50 year olds who understand search engines and everything else. And they see who's fastest at getting the exact information that you're looking for. Uh And the, the 50 year olds just clean, clean clock. None of, none of the teenagers can uh, stay on a track to actually find something because they get distracted. The well, they, 50 yeah, year olds, <laughs> the fifty-year-olds are the fifty-year-olds are just looking for what they're looking for, and they they don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Well, we grew up the fifty-year-old, the, the Dewey Decimal, <laughs> the card the, catalog. The, yeah, yeah. Well, the fifty-year-olds had solving problems in another world. Right, okay. and so so they appreciate the speed with which they can mm-hmm. do do this new thing, but they're not going to get sidetracked in, in this in, in the same way. So my yeah. next book, the book I'm working on right now, is called Your Attention, Your Property. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, just to go back to my model, I've reserved my iPhone use to Dean Jackson. You know. And to a particular app. Yes. And outside of that, uh, they don't have my attention for anything else they want me doing um, on the iPhone. And I was thinking about that. And, you really... no, I just, I just want to uh, talk about this. So this came mm-hmm. up and uh, came up in one of the workshops last week. And somebody said, well, you know, you're just missing out on a lot. I, actually, I said I'm not because I have human beings in, yeah. interfacing between me and other people's attempt to engage me. You're right. Um, in the mail, by telephone, email, you yes. know, and everything like that. I've got somebody who picks up on it for me, but it doesn't take up any of my time. And yeah. You know, over a period of a year or two years of working with these individuals, they kind of are about 90, 98% good at not letting something come through to me. So, right. um, Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's the way I did it in the old world, too. I mean, in the slow, slow world. So, um, 
what I'm looking at is your, you know, people say, I've got, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? And I said, well, actually, I didn't. I screened it out. And they said, that. Well, but what have I missed? Now, the stuff I was missing three months ago, how, how important is the stuff I missed? Right. Said, oh, no, no, three months ago. It's a new world. I said, yeah. So I didn't yeah. miss anything. But it didn't. But it used uh, used up none of my attention. It used up a lot of your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that with uh, you know Joe. And you're good. Paul. I mean, you're good about you're good about that too. You know, I mean, you're you, you basically pay attention to things that uh, you've lined up as important. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see I, I don't see you being I don't see you being overwhelmed by your interaction with Quate India. No, the um one of the things that I was saying about uh you yesterday or this week when I was talking um with my friend was that how you have guarded your attention. You've guarded your time and you've cut things off that are uh like T V and you know like that when you look at that, just the the things that make um, the things that suck your time like a a black hole kind of thing, right? That mm-hmm. when you're actually not, you know, hooked into the dopamine multiplier, which is really what all of this endless surfing could be, mm-hmm. is you. Um, you know, you, how much time do you think that you got back when you when you gave up TV? Well, three years. It'll be three, three years, years in July, and yeah. uh, it's eight hundred eight hundred hours a year. So I got back. Yeah, you know, it's an average. I you know I just took like a I just went back and looked at a schedule uh, for a month, and I basically you know uh, figured it out. What what was a month's worth weekends and everything what do you else? Yeah, so, what would you? I was thought watch, it was about fifteen. Kind of things, yeah. I thought it was about fifteen hours, fifteen hours a week, and it's yeah. Uh, you know, I'll watch one of the talk show. You know, um, I really like Fox with Brett Bear, and that was, that mm-hmm. came on at uh, you know that was like seven o'clock. Uh, came on, and it was an hour long. So there's mm-hmm. you know there's five hours there. And then I'd check, uh, you know, we'd, uh, we'd have, um, we'd go to Netflix some evenings and we'd follow a series. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was always about a half hour longer than we were intending. <laughs> right. Right. So we get One hooked more. into something. Yeah. Something. So I would say about two and a half hours, five days a week. Yeah. So you're up to, you know, you're up to, uh, 12 and a half hours. And then I'd watch a game or something on Sundays, you know, a yeah. baseball game, football game, basketball game, uh-huh. and everything. And so I said, it's probably 15 hours, probably 15 hours. And yeah. uh, so times 50 weeks, is 52 weeks is pretty close to 800, yeah. you know, 800 hours. And uh, so I got that back. And then uh, I got the other, I got the other bonus of no travel for the last year so. Wow! Compared I know. to three years ago, I've got about twelve hundred hours to work with. I mean, divide yeah. that 
let's say it's a 10 hour working day, it's 120 working days. Yeah. So it is really, I mean, yeah, it's something. I mean, it's something where if you can, it's like your, um, it's almost like the magic key. You often talk about the magic of living in Canada and having mm-hmm. most of your income come from the U.S. or yeah. global. You're earning in U.S. dollars and spending in Canadian. That you're, there's so much stuff going on in Cloudlandia, but you're, you're not, um, you're not paying that tax. You're, you're, uh, you've got your, yeah, time, your slow, slow time, <clears throat> mainland. Time. Yeah. We had to educate our, our accounting firm, our global accounting firm that handles Britain, Canada, and the U.S. that, uh, uh, that as far as the regulation of government is concerned, when we're doing a workshop in, uh, in, in on Zoom, um, the workshop is happening nowhere. Right. <clears throat> yeah. How does that? What? How does that handle? How do you handle? Well, uh, well, what what I mean is, uh, to they say, well, you know, you when you get the money for the workshop, you're taxed. I said, well, that's true. <clears throat> but before, when we did a workshop, let's say in Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, uh, the city of Santa Monica taxes us. Uh, the county of Los Angeles taxes us. The state of California taxes us, and the U.S. government taxes us. Mm-hmm. And then we have all sorts of regulations regarding, you know, the performance of our um, the 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 performance of our workshop and uh, for example in New York City uh, when we tried to do workshops in New York City if we did it in a hotel we had to have a union member or the hotel union in the room mm-hmm. with us when we're doing the workshop and if we wanted to move our boxes our people couldn't move the boxes only the union member could move the, the boxes that's why yeah. I talk about being ta- in the mainland you get taxed uh, on space, you get, you know, you, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of spatial taxes and regulations that are eliminated once you go to Zoom. Yeah, I remember when you did an event at the uh, the Waldorf Astoria mm-hmm. in uh, in New York. Yeah, I don't know why I was in yeah. town for that, but I was. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, great. A great place and everything, but enormous taxes. And then, you know, and then people have to drive and park to get there, and that's a tax. And, you know, I mean, it's a time tax, it's a money tax. Uh, the mainland is just filled up with regulations and taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we just, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a little event that happened in the space about three days. Uh, okay. So the uh, Canada's really locked down again because they didn't get the vaccinations in place fast enough that they could create some herd herd immunity, you know, the term herd mm-hmm. immunity. So they're just getting hit uh, as if it's brand new with a variation of COVID. So all the hospitals in um, 
in Ontario and some of the other provinces, they're they're right back to the first month of COVID with the seriousness of the outbreak and uh, oh, everything. Uh, and this is just because uh, we we have abysmal leadership in, in our gated community. The you know the big <laughs> gated community called Canada. People say, well, people say, what's Canada like? I say, well, can't this is the way you have to think about it. Canada is America's biggest gated community. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet it's your your place. You have to check in at the gate, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, same thing with <laughs> Canada. You have to check in at the gate, and they're suspicious if you you don't know somebody that's in the community. I mean, if somebody came and uh, you know asked for somebody in your community, they, they'd say, "Well, yeah." You know, if they were suspicious at all, they say, "Well, let me phone them and see if they're expecting you." Right, <laughs> right, right. You have to do the same thing with Canada. This is bigger, and uh, but the, you know, the the residents of this gated community called Canada are, are well, they're they're pretty mild mannered. They're pretty docile, you know, and uh, they they've had a big growth of pot smoking over the last two or three years, and they're they're not armed, you know, so. Uh, yeah, it's a rather <laughs> it's a rather tranquil place. It's kind of a tranquil place, but they did they they pushed it too far, and this was on Friday, and they announced, and this is the premier of Ontario, and this is the federal, you know, this is the mayor of Toronto, and that says starting Monday, um, police can do instant spot checks on anybody. You could they can stop you on the sidewalk. They can stop you stop your car. And they can have you explain why you're out, why you're not. Oh my goodness! Home. Wow, and, so, uh, so that's brand so, new. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, yeah, that's on Friday. So I said, um, anyway, I went downtown yesterday, as I always do on Saturday. And my limousine driver, uh, he was talking about. He says, yeah. He says we don't. We, he says, thank God we're an essential service. And uh, mm. I said, yeah. I said. Um, Quite frankly, I said, I, uh, I'm i almost 50 years in Toronto, so June 5th, I'm here 50 years. That's the day I arrived in 1971. And I said, I have a feeling that they've gone too far, and this whole thing's going to blow up in their face. It's going to blow up in the politician's face. And uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, I do. He said, this is... And it blew up, uh, apparently, the, the police in no uncertain terms, told the government officials under no circumstances are any of their police people going to be stopping people on the street or stopping cars. That's not the role of the police. And if the politicians would like to stop people, the politicians can get on their old workplace and they can go down and they can stop people. And see That's if they what the police said that. to uh, the to the, to the politicians. Yeah, they didn't even, they didn't, uh, even politicians didn't even, you know, they didn't even run uh, that by the police. Know. Yeah. No, they didn't run the police, you know, the, uh, you know, the police do it. And I said, I said, that kind of tells you where the line is. It just kind of tells you where the line is. And Canadians wow. got pushed across the line. And I said, you know, you could get wiped out at the uh, polling booth just because of what you did in the last three mm-hmm. days. People will remember this. Uh, Babs was down walking on the boardwalk, uh, you know, because we're right down on the lake here. And she yeah. ran into our next door neighbors who are really, really great people. 
And they said, this is, this is horrible what they're doing. They said, we've never had anything horrible like this happen to us ever in Canada, what has just been announced. And I said, yep, yep. And I think they pushed it across the line. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, literally, they lived in Canada um, in the last uh, two weeks, uh, sold their house and rented a uh, a jet and took his family <laughs> out and they're just arrived in Florida yesterday. And now they're mm-hmm. done. They're done. Yeah. It's just too, uh, they went too far. Just like just the words you said, that's too much. We're yeah. out. Yeah. We're out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, a little thing. I mean, it seems like a little thing because there's been rulings from on high for a solid, you know, a solid year, but yeah. it's just one ruling too far. And now everybody's saying, I can't believe what's happening and now everybody's waking up and uh, generally speaking uh, if you're a political leader you don't want the people to wake up yeah uh, no uh and start focusing on you <laughs> yeah yeah it so, is, I mean, so anyway it's really wild mm-hmm. yeah and the papers have been going deep and just how abysmal and how uh, how um you know how at fault, the political leaders are not taking it seriously in the first time, not having their act together, uh, and then uh, fooling around with which virus, or which vaccination are we going to get, and uh, everything like that. And it, so they have this, uh, they have this survey of, you know, kind of more or less developed countries and it's it's like 50 countries in the world that are more or less you know they they've got decent healthcare systems and they've got decent uh, government and canada's number 45 out of 50 you know it's it's rated wow. number 45 out of 50 israel is like number 2 you know uh-huh. there's a lot of little countries estonia places like that they have it and the us is like number 14 but the us is you know all the countries that are uh, one through thirteen, their populations aren't as big as the United States. You know. So, what is this a, know, a rating of? What is this a ranking? Of? Well, it's a rating of um, the first of all the um, uh, the speed with which you're getting vaccinations out. Oh, I see. Based okay. On yeah. Based on a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Canada is about ten percent. In other mm-hmm. words, if you take it, hundred thousand people. Then they're, uh, you know, they're at 10,000 10, 10, of those people would be vaccinated, but 90,000 are not vaccinated. Right. And the United States is around 35, 35%, you know. Wow. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think Gibraltar is number one. I didn't know Gibraltar was a country, but I guess uh, yeah. uh, looking at it, this, and Gibraltar is around 98%, which I guess you can do in about three days. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody gather at the rock. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, yeah just, just offer everybody a drink. You know, everybody a drink and, the, and uh, vaccinate a shot, them while a shot and a shot. <laughs> a shot and a shot, yeah. Right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Have you, been, probably... have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? To Gibraltar? Yeah. 
No, I have not. But I know about no, I'd like to go. Gibraltar. I'd, I have like a friend who lives in Gibraltar. Yeah, I'd like to go. Uh, it seems like a neat little place, you know, and but I haven't been there yet. Are we there? Hello. Mr. Jackson. There we go. Uh, yeah, my friend that lives in Gibraltar is, uh, so I have a Cloudlandia relationship with him, but I'm always mm -hmm. fascinated that now, you know, when you, um, as I'm thinking through the Cloudlandia welcome, uh, you know, guide, that basically we say, you know, welcome to Cloudlandia. Here's all the things you get. You get your TV station, your our network, whatever you want, radio. It's all free to broadcast. You can talk to everybody. You can gather with anybody. And you can live anywhere on the mainland you choose. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, you got to have a place to, you know, get your sandwiches and, and poop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't do that in Cloudlandia. So you could pick a place on the mainland to, uh, Rip yeah, your yourself. breakfast delivery can't be too far away. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's the, uh, you know, yeah. but you can literally yeah. pick, you can literally pick anywhere. And that yeah. is just, uh, I was I was talking with Philip yesterday, mm -hmm. and we had a really great conversation. Actually, we were talking about, I was asking him about his 21-year-old self. He just turned 13. I was asking if you ever, you know, thought about his 21 year old self. And I said, what do you think your 21 year old self would say to you right now if he was looking in on this, you know, and on how you're doing? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know my, what my 21 year old self will think. I said, yeah, it's true. You don't know who your 21 year old self is going to be, but yet, you know, we're creating him every day. Yeah. And I, I was talking about the the thing of, you know, you your 21-year-old self could be a concert pianist or could be a rock star. But the path to that would mean that you'd have to be playing the piano now. <laughs> you know, like that's the thing. So it was really an interesting, I just kind of, it was the first time I think he's had that kind of, introduction conversation to his future self the, the concept of his future self because i think until you're 13 anyway you're very present minded right you're yeah. very just whatever's going on right now um you know event, you know the big uh the big difference so 13 that uh, for me was 1957 mm -hmm. I, I was 13 years old and uh the big difference that I'm noticing between uh, being 13 in 1957 and being 13 in 2021 
is that most of the 13-year-olds I wanted, uh, that I knew, including myself, um, wanted to be an adult. We wanted yeah. to be an adult. And it was pretty clear what, in, you know, it was pretty clear what being an adult meant. You know, mm-hmm. that, I mean, there was uh, pretty, I mean, you had role models all around yourself. I think it's difficult uh, being a 13-year-old in uh, in 2021 because so many of the adults are trying to be children. Yeah, I get that. I uh, 100%. Or they're trying to be, they're not moving forward. They're holding Yeah, and back. they're trying like, to be buddies. They're trying to yeah. be buddies with 13-year-olds. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, one thing, I mean, this is like a first principle of the universe. Your parents weren't friends. Right. Your parents were parents and you liked your parents and you loved your parents, but they weren't friends, you know. Right. And your parents right. weren't, your parents weren't trying to be friends, you know, they, right. they weren't trying to be friends with you. They were, they were trying to get you through to adulthood, you know, they, yeah. their job is to take uh, children and, and, you know, give them some good direction and good advice and support to be becoming an yeah. adult. And I think it's very confusing today. I think it's very confusing, uh, you know, adults having temper tantrums on network TV, you know, um, mm. getting angry and calling names like you used to when you were 13 years old. You know? Right. And, uh, and my, my sense is I think it's confusing for children to kind of figure out exactly what adulthood means. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. I was, you know, I've shared with him the idea of your umbilical cord, you know, looking for somewhere to (laughs) plug it in. And when you've got your own means of production, you know, you've really got your, your own, you've, you've solved the big, uh, the big challenge, you know? Yeah. One of the things, uh, here's another thing that I find uh, might be a bit um, unsettling and it might put, you know, young people really in a gap is that you have teenagers who are millionaires, you know, teenagers who decided to do a business and they're millionaires. I was reading in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, this is about the, um, you know, the the um, cryptocurrency exchanges that are now popping up. Okay. And uh, there's a guy in uh, Hong Kong. His name is Bateman, 29 years old. He's a billionaire. He said, yeah, um, because of the valuation of the exchanges. This is FTX. I think Mm -hmm. FTX is the name of the exchange. And I said, uh, you know, uh, he's got some dangers in his life right now. One of them is, um, uh, will his future ever be bigger than his past? <laughs> mm. Okay. He's 29 and he's a billionaire. And immediately there's a, a, a lineup of 10,000 people who are really going to want to meet him. Yeah. Only because he's a billionaire at 29 years old. And do they have an opportunity for him? You know, and so he's. I just read about two weeks ago the last, the very sad last six months of Tony Shea, who you know, uh, uh, yeah, nominally was kind of a billionaire because that was his buyout from um, his buyout yeah. from um, right from Amazon. his 
by by Amazon. They, but you know that was used up by law firms and accounting firms and uh, you know uh, everything else. But he you know he's in his thirties and what what I think he died of is from a lack of a future that was bigger than anything he had done in the past. I think people mm. die from. Uh, you know, you got everything in the world except the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, and you're not sure of your friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Why why do people love you? Well, you you have some suspicions that it's not really about you. Yeah. Did you ever meet Tony? No, no, I never did. Okay. I don't think he, um, he, was, he was never a genius. He was never a genius, was he? Uh, no, he wasn't. But he was. No. Um, um, you know, I know, uh, I know Eben. Joe. I, uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe knew him. Eben knew him. I met him with Eben a yeah. couple of times. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the time, it was just like a you know, super guy, introvert, very introvert. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, you want there's something to that, I think. Well, he like made his money. I mean, uh, he made uh, his money um, early stages of Cloudlandia, really. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. when you think about uh, how he made his money, yeah. I mean, that's Amazon, Amazon is totally a Cloudlandia, you know. Um, what creates their growth is Cloudlandia, and then they deliver on the planet, you know, they, they, they have good services on the mainland. So they put two things together. They put together good mainland organization together with virtually almost unlimited Claudlandia opportunity. Yeah. This is just... An yeah, but uh, the last six months, I mean, the article in the Wall Street Journal on Tony Shea yeah. and, uh, looked, looked like a slow-motion suicide to me. Yeah. Know, that, that every week it got a little bit worse. and. Yeah. yeah, and he was almost not communicating with anyone outside of a tight circle. Uh, that was the sense I got that the, the people around him really kind of were complicit in it all. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have lights during the summertime, and uh, you know that, uh, and there's a lot of bugs around the light. You know. <laughs> right, right. I, th- I think that happens with charismatic, wealthy people. A lot of bugs. Yeah. A lot of bugs. Yeah. Circle. Yeah, that whole. Um, uh, yeah, you know, this whole. Um, I'm just kind of thinking about the. The. Um, you know, you said something about our understanding of life before Cloudlandia. Um, is part of the, you know, the adaptiveness that we've had mm-hmm. to it. And you wonder, yeah, you think like the young, the kids coming up now, they've got no other frame of reference for it. No mm-hmm. other, you know, like I think I remember looking through my childhood, my I was shaped through the lens of being growing up in suburban Toronto mm-hmm. in the you know seventies and eighties, and that you know was filtered through the Canadian 
lens and the mm -hmm. local media lens. We didn't have access to global um, or independent perspectives. And now it's like you couldn't, you know, the last place people look are the local, um, you know, the local news that you're, you know, at six o'clock or whatever. Who's who's watching that now? No, you wouldn't know anything about the old gated community if you didn't talk to me every Sunday. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm your and local it, reporter. Yeah. <laughs> But even yeah. that, even within, even within Ontario, there's no, you could live in the, there's no difference in your access or your capability at your cottage three hours away or at your house in the city. No, no I mean, uh, what I watch at the cottage is exactly what I watch when I'm here. You've got you know, I'm, all I'm of a, that access. I've got my, I've got my, all my sites that I go to. Uh, yeah. I mean, we got really, really good internet. Plus, we've got uh, we've got benefit of Elon Musk's satellites now that yeah. unusually favor southern Ontario. We're you know we're far, we're really a long way north from Toronto, but we're still considered uh, southern Ontario yeah. because Ontario is so big. But apparently, we're right in the you know sweet spot of those satellites going over. And so apparently, the yeah. you know if you wanted to, you but. You know, I got what I need. We've got really good Bell, uh, uh -huh. Bell Canada, and it's really good. Right. You, know, the, yeah. you know, the service is really good, and they're yeah. they've got a local, you know, a local person who does all their service calls and everything else, and he's real good. He gets over there really fast, and yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's great. Yeah, and uh, but you know, when I was a kid, uh, I was a radio nut, and the yeah. big thing at nighttime on AM radio. Um, you can get 500 miles away. I remember one night, and this is northern Ohio, so this is Cleveland. One night, I'm getting a big station in New York City. I'm getting a big station in Chicago, St. Louis, Atlanta, and New Orleans. I got New Orleans one night. Wow. It's just crystal clear, crystal clear. And I had this amazing sense of being connected, you know, of these places, you know, a small farm farm town that i grew grew up in and uh but at nighttime i could you know i could just connect and i had a feeling of being connected to those places right you know? and that's you know and this is like um 1951 maybe 50 51 and uh mm -hmm. you know and everything else and it was a real thrill to me because usually you get a lot of static you know, and can't do anything. And, you know, you can only get local during the day. Um, but when the sun goes down, uh, all of a sudden, a lot, and there's, you get a lot better reception. And there was yeah. an FM, right? There was no FM radio in those days. So you just had AM. Yeah, that's, that's, mm -hmm. it's so funny when you're, you're like, you and I, you know, you're describing something that those were sort of, local worlds that was almost like different if you think about them as the you know the um radius of the reach of that local radio station if you're saying 500 yeah. miles is the outer yeah range. 60 is probably 60 yeah. during the day that was your yeah. maximum right right uh, you know and 
they they had um they brought in some rules that you yeah i mean uh, you couldn't blast everybody off the air you couldn't have at first they there was no um restrictions on how powerful a radio station could be you know oh. and uh but you just you know you just blast. so finally they said you know this isn't fair so they they restricted it down to you know there was a you know an upper limit and then that became that you were the one fifty thousand watt station, you know, in a certain area, and they restricted it to certain radio stations. Yeah, uh, Tim Wu. T- Tim Wu talks about all this stuff in his okay. book, uh, he, the Master Switch, and he said okay. that, um, and uh, he gives a complete history of radio and how radio grew up, and then it became monopolized, and NBC was the big player. This was yeah. a huge player, national player, and then. Uh, you know, then you, in the telephone, you had AT&T for 70 years. They had a monopoly. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Hollywood was down to six uh, studios. Mm. So he was talking about all these. They all started off with thousands of players, and then they got down to just a handful of players in every one of them. And then they started uh, linking up with each other, like AT&T and NBC would link up with each other. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. He was saying that the Bell, which is AT&T, uh, had, um, 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 uh, call recorders in the 1930s. Bell Labs had reca- recorded call recorders. You could leave a message. And oh, they, yeah. they said, no, this is a threat. This is a threat to our telephone. So they didn't allow, um, um, actual, leaving a message on a voice recorder was possible technologically in the 1930s, but AT&T uh, killed it as uh, innovation until the 1970s. Wow. Yeah, that's something. These whole, yeah, um, it, was ne- it was Nixon. Nixon said, you know, he said, we're getting to the point where AT&T is the biggest obstacle to the progress of the U.S. economy. And he just went after AT&T and they broke up AT&T. And um, he said, and Tim Boo said it was the breakup of AT and T that created the internet. How interesting! So is yeah, that he where said, we are? Does he propose that that's where we are now? Sort of. With no, he says we're about Google, uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said uh, we wouldn't be where they were if there is it would be Google running everything. What what Facebook does, Google does that. What Apple does, Google does I that. I see, okay, what, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what AT&T had. They had a total monopoly. It's the greatest information monopoly in the history of the world. Uh, wow. you know, we hope it doesn't, we hope it doesn't come back. Right. So, yeah, but he said it was the breaking up of a, AT&T um, that uh, released a lot of talent and innovation out into the marketplace. And AT&T could no longer forbid anything attached to the telephone system. You could do it. You could attach anything you wanted to the telephone system. And and a lot of people had cordless, uh, there were cordless innovations, but AT&T says, no, no, we have to have a lineman come in and install your telephone to guarantee absolute quality. Okay. Right, and right. they wanted to know why you. They wanted to know why you wanted two phones in your house. Why? Why do you need two phones in your house? What do you? What are you doing with the second phone? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember they used to rent the phones to you or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, owned oh, the yeah. phones. Yeah. They owned the phones. They yeah. They owned everything. They owned everything, and yeah. you you couldn't have any repairman except their right. repairman. And and uh, yeah, so they it was absolute. It was for seventy years. So when people talk about the you know the the tyranny, I still remember of, the day our kitchen our phone came off the kitchen wall, and it became oh, yeah. now movable with a long cord. That freedom. To go outside of yep. the kitchen, into the living room, or wherever. I mean, well, I remember when our our phone went to where you would have one thing at your ear and the other uh, the other end of the thing on your mouth. We we had the old phone. You put it on your ear, and you had to speak. You had to pick into up into the phone. Uh, oh yeah, that and talk mm-hmm. into it, and there was no dial. There was no doubt. Wow. You, you just picked it up and an operator would uh, answer. And we were on a party line, you know, like you're yeah, on yeah. a party line. And uh, when you got on, you could hear the other clicks that people right. were listening yeah. to your, on your phone call. You know? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, funny. Um, you know, and at a certain point, people want their privacy back and they they want it for their use. So, but he thinks that we're kind of in, if you use uh, AT&T's 70 year rule, uh, he said, we're kind of like right now, we're like 30 years into AT&T's rule to compare it to the internet. Wow. That's, I mean. Yeah. And he's just happy to be remarkable. He thinks things are remarkably free right now. Yeah. I feel like we're on we're we're in the generation that is the Mayflower of Cloudlandia, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and he said the one thing they learned from AT and T uh is that you can't forbid innovation. Yeah. You can't have somebody stopping innovation. Right. You know, and and uh he said that the, the the reason why the internet works so well is that you can build your company on somebody else's platform. Yeah. Well, I just, it's so uh, it's almost it's overwhelming how how much uh, you know how wonderful it is to be at this moment in time and be who we are yeah. right now. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Good I mean, I feel, I feel, you know, I feel enormously uh, wealthy with capability and, and yeah. more so over the last 12 months. I mean, my yeah. sense of the uh, reach has gone through the roof, uh, easily yeah. 10 times greater reach than we had uh, a year ago. And that's yeah. funny. Uh, we had a really good call with Joe yesterday, Joe Polish. And I just okay. want to tell you this because he he's using uh, as your for different purposes, but one of them, he's really finding everything he can about cryptocurrency. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he may have talked to you about this and he, yes. was, you know, he was talking about a new thing called, um, um, uh, BitClout. You know about yeah. BitClout? Yeah. I know, I, so anyway, yeah. and, and, you know, he was sending us videos and talking to it and, uh, 
you know, and, uh, you know, you know how Joe, when he, Joe gets really excited, yeah. <laughs> you get excited too, because he's yeah. very vivid in uh, describing it. And anyway, so anyway, uh, when we, Babs and I were off the call, I said, what's the most exciting, what, what's the most exciting thing in our future? And Babs says, that's registration in the strategic coach. <laughs> uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> but we can speed it up. You know, we can speed that up, but, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're pretty clear in how we measure progress and it's people signing up for coach and staying in coach, you know, everything else is kind of a bonus, you know, yeah. like, um, new capabilities, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay focused on, you know, Amen. All That's it. That I mean, those whole, you uh, like you're successful. Yeah, I'm going to revisit my. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not at the point. I'm ready to give up TV yet because I, there's things that I really do enjoy uh, watching. But I'm certainly paying attention right now and yeah, I giving think, up um, I think a I'm, lot of it. Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I think I'm going to do a series of videos, just what my experience was, and just sort of share yeah. my experience. You know, yeah. what I found about getting time back from yeah. something I had never really given much thought before because right. you know, it was something that I was doing for 60, you know, six, 65 yep. years yeah. and I never gave any thought to it. And I said, huh, I wonder what, uh, what would I do differently um, if I got all that time back and right. I'm starting to see that and it's reading, it's really reading. I mean, I'm yeah. just pouring things into reading and, uh, and uh, I, I've got the experience that reading was a much more powerful and transformative experience than television was. So I, yeah. I had gone through the reading transformation before television. So it uh, television had to kind of wait in line a little bit because right. it was such a re- reader. Your first and, love. And, and of course, getting that's the your whole time life. back. I, that was your yeah, university experience, too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've gone back to my first love um, a lot. And uh, the other thing is that, you know, I really feel uh, a lot of slack in my schedule as a result of the past year. And I said, yeah. I'm not giving it back. I'm, I'm not going back to being tightly scheduled again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love I mean I've got so much slack. That's what was the that's the great uh thing. Yeah. That, and I guarded against I mean, guarded myself to keep that slack. Because yep. yep. I viewed that slack as the the ultimate definition of success for me. Yep. Yeah, time yep. freedom. Anyway. Well Dan yeah, I always enjoy. It really was. I'm going to give some yeah. more um, thought to the uh, the welcome kit because I think well, there's something uh, good there. But yeah. just anyway, putting it all I'll into do, perspective. Uh, immediately after we sign off here, I'm just going to go up and send you uh, the Tim Wu uh, okay. YouTube video and. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. And he's he's charming. He, he's uh, he's a yeah. you know he, uh, he's just got a real charming quality about him that he's just so excited that he's able to think about these things and share yeah. what he's sharing. You know, but it's that Harvard book uh, 
uh, bookstore in Cambridge, I guess, Cambridge. And uh, so uh, when you get it, uh, skip the first minute and 20 seconds. Okay. Because uh, that's the introduction. And the woman um, listening to her is like listening to fingernails on a blackboard. I gotcha. Thank you for that. Yeah. So you just Perfect. you just go to the 120 mark and then then he's good. But he's uh, he's very lucid and he uh, he gives he just gives you a lot of context and you, you don't have any sense of that he's got a bone to pick or anything like that. He's just right. saying he said I was just wondering whether what we think is so unique today has happened before. And he says, I've gone back and found four or five instances that look a lot like oh, what's happening it. today. So I I'd just it. like to tell you what I've learned from, uh, learned from the previous examples that might be useful for understanding what's going on today. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Okay. I will talk to you next time.